I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to TFL Talking Trucks podcast. That's right, folks. You're lucky enough to listen to Andre and Nathan and our dulcet tones as you are going through your day. And I highly recommend this particular podcast if you're into recall. Oh, wow. Are you talking about the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie from the 80s? <laughs> Get to the chopper. Actually, if anybody should be doing Schwarzenegger, it should be you. Come on. Total Recall. Very good. No, 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 no. no, no. Actually, really seriously, uh, we often get messages from you guys uh, about recalls. Mm -hmm. You know, every vehicle known to human race has had a recall. Of some sort, yeah, yes. of some sort. Some of them are minor. Some of them are huge. Some of them are critical. Some of them are hard to fix. Some of them are easy to fix. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to kind of address it, but in a focused on pickup trucks, right? Because that's what we do here at TFL Talking Trucks. That is correct. Now, keep in mind that uh, nowadays you're hearing about recalls, it seems more often, but there's a very simple reason for that. Right now with social media and everything else going on, as opposed to say 10 or even 15 years ago, you're hearing about recalls almost immediately as opposed to a newspaper article or perhaps a letter sent to your house. So that's one of the reasons why I believe people are getting that feeling like, oh my God, there's even more recalls. These cars are worse. No, it's quite the opposite, actually. It's better because we know about it quicker. As such, we can react faster. 
Yeah, and we can be more knowledgeable about it as well. Precisely. And I, we still get letters. I mm -hmm. mean, we've had we, at TFL Studios, we've owned many, many vehicles and <laughs> yeah. trucks also, of yeah. course. And uh, we've gotten letters about our trucks. I've received a letter about my truck, <laughs> and you've received probably a couple about I, some of your I, trucks. I received a letter recently, what, a year ago about my F-150. Uh -huh. I have not received any letters about my Chevy Colorado. <laughs> I wonder why. Which is strange considering its current track record. But, yeah. you know, that's that's part of the deal here. So I know that that a lot of you guys uh, have had like common problems and you're wondering where is that NHTSA uh, recall and in some cases it's already happened or it hasn't happened. Straight off the bat, we do recommend that if you have any questions about your vehicle, most websites for most new vehicles, for instance, you know, Ford or Chevrolet or Toyota, they do have a section usually in the upper right-hand corner for recalls and it is relatively easy to access, but if you can't find that, go to the nhtsa.org website and you'll be able to find information about your vehicle there. Or nhtsa.gov. .gov, sorry, that's yeah. the org, damn. Well, it, it kind of makes sense, but it is a government entity. It is entity. gov, I told it, yeah. It's a government sorry, entity. Sorry, .org. And, and I, .gov, I said hello? it again. Hello? What's wrong with me? That's okay. Dot gov. Okay. Sorry. We do not work for NHTSA, by the way. No, we don't. No. Or, or IIHS. <laughs> but anyway, no. so go, definitely go there because they will have the most current information about oh, your vehicle. and you can put your VIN in there. Yes, you can. So you don't have to be generic. You don't have to, like, search for your vehicle name. You can just put your VIN, uh, do, do your real, you know, identifier, and bam, you can see the results. But even if not, if you just want, if you're, like, you know, at work, you're like, I don't want to go out and look at my car's VIN, you can still put in the general information of your vehicle and should be able to find it. Yeah. And before we move on, how about we thank our supporters? Right? Yes, please. Uh, Patreon.com slash TFLCar is our only page on Patreon, and your support is really, really helpful to us. Uh, we don't have, within the last couple of days, we don't have any new supporters, but I, I still want to thank all of you guys. Yeah, we appreciate it. Not only does your support allow us to do what we're doing here, but with your support, it kind of gets the word out. Um, other, you know, word of mouth, or they can see clearly that we have supporters, and it brings in more people into our audience. And this is a community-based setup, and so the larger our community, the more we can do. So thank you guys so much, because without you, honestly, we couldn't be doing this. Yes. So I wanted to start our kind of recall discussion on pickup trucks with the Super Duty, the new one. Mm -hmm. And why am I picking on the Super Duty? Well, uh, I recently received a couple of emails from um, one of you guys. Um, and, <laughs> you know, uh, this gentleman went to the dealership mm -hmm. and wanted to buy an F-250. Mm -hmm. And there was a stop sale. Oh. On a brand new F-250. Wow. And it actually had to do with uh, the screen, the digital gauge cluster going blank. Wow, that sounds familiar. Hmm. Mm. So what I've been learning through my research about every pickup truck here is that there's some themes. There's, you know, there are common trends between multiple manufacturers and multiple trucks. Yeah, it kind of carries over from, yeah. uh, based on things. But before we do that, can we explain to those who don't know what a stop sale actually is? Yeah, so basically, actually, poor guy, you know, he was about to give the dealership money, uh -huh. and the dealer looked up the VIN and were like, oops, sorry, I can't sell this one because it's just a, it's a government requirement, actually. That's right. Because uh it was deemed unsafe because the gauge cluster was not operable, mm -hmm. and they said you could not sell this vehicle. Simply put, a stop sale is when the manufacturer, because they are concerned about liability, um, yeah. they have to immediately stop the sale of a vehicle until 
the confusion is cleared up. And it could be any number of things, but in this particular case, it had to do with this particular recall. Yep. And this particular one affects, and I'm on in NHTSA.gov, mm-hmm. affected 38,695 vehicles. And this included the F-250, the F-350, 450, 550, and also the Ford Escape, of all things. So, so, but this is a trend, right? More and more manufacturers, especially on the higher trim levels, mm-hmm. are getting... You know, they're putting in these big digital displays yes. for the gauge cluster and the center cluster, the center screen. Uh, and I'm I'm kind of a fan of this because, you know, I love tech. Yeah. You know, I'm a kind of a techie guy. And you could reconfigure the gauges. You can customize the gauges. You could see a different, different information, even maps. Yeah, you could do all that yeah. until it goes blank. Oh. Until it dies. And then you literally cannot use it. And that is one of the issues. By the way, I'm on your side for those of you who are like, uh, we'd rather have regular gauges, not digital ones. So my, tr- my little baby truck, I ordered it specifically in the lower trim so I would at least get analog gauges in front of me. Hence, they don't die. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, and then, but, but it's a way to save money. So, yeah. So, Right, like my boat. I mm-hmm. have a 2004 uh, ski boat, right, Taiga. And I have like seven different gauges on my dash. Yeah. And they're all individual needle gauges. But they with, look cool. They look cool. And then when one of them dies, I replace it. Yeah. Right? Which is fine. Yeah. But, you know, it costs money, like 50 bucks for a gauge or more yeah, right. in many cases. But you, you're going to ask me how much the screen costs, right? I don't. I don't know. They're, but when they build but them, manufacturing exactly when they build them in bulk, it's much cheaper. And so, yeah. if they can have these screens, the, you know, say eleven point point three inch is yeah. one of them, twelve point yeah. three. Yeah. You know, a lot of these sizes, which are really popular, they're actually being built by one or two manufacturers who then send them over to the automaker. And it can be in many cases. And I really want to make this point before we get go further. It's not the automaker's fault necessarily. It can quite often be the components that were built by a subcontractor. And a really good example of that is the Takata airbag incident, which kicked in about eight years ago, seven years ago, and it affected nearly every automaker worldwide. And it wasn't the automakers. It was the fact that this contractor the, the brought supplier, it, yeah. the supplier brought these in. And frankly speaking, that was a huge issue. Fortunately, once again, recalls, that took care of it. Well, almost. I think there's still a couple of recalls well, out there. Well, it's hard to replace, you know, 10 gazillion airbags. Yeah, yeah right? seriously. But so. that's that's another reason why they hop on these uh, recalls even faster. It, t- it tends to lower the number and the cost to the automaker if they take care of it immediately. Yeah, and so I, I want to point out some some comment here on, on the instrument panel. Mm-hmm. The module may have been improperly soldered, preventing the instrument panel from illuminating. So they've identified the problem, mm-hmm. right? And they know exactly how many vehicles were affected. Right. And this brings me to the next point. I was just, um, actually this morning, I came, came back from Montana. That's I was, right. I was near you got your Montana shirt on, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I my flannel. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I was visiting GMC. Mm-hmm. GMC is unveiling their latest lineup of AEV edition pickup trucks. Okay. So the the Canyon, the Sierra Light Duty, Sierra Heavy Duty, all those all those trucks. And I was really fortunate because Dave Harrington, the CEO of AEV, was there. Oh, cool. And I did an interview with him, which hopefully we'll use for the next episode mm-hmm. of our podcast. And he was saying how difficult it was because what AEV does is they build bumpers. 
That's uh, like their one of their main things: bumpers and armor. Bumpers and skid plates. Yeah. And then they send them to a GM factory. Mm-hmm. So it's their supplier that's putting these parts just in time to build those off-road trucks right. at GM factories. So they had to be, you know, productionalized. Um, you need to know exactly how heavy they are because either robots or people have to actually pick it up off the shelf exactly and put it on the vehicle and you know tighten all the bolts and he told me each wrench at the factory um, is digital hmm. and they record the torque of each bolt Whoa. when they and, and that and that goes into the database for that VIN of the vehicle that's being built and if later there's a problem or a complaint about something falling off or loosening, they can go back in the database and look exactly what that robot did or that, that, or that person time. did right. at that time of building. That's why factories are so complicated. And yeah. that's why that's so difficult. Fortunately, they're digitalized as such. They can still work efficiently. And the other thing about uh, AEV and other suppliers is that they have to pass certain safety tests as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like they just build a bumper like, yeah, hey, this looks good. Send it to them. Actually, GM and uh, the supplier have to make sure, hey, this actually will still ignite an airbag. It won't make the truck unsafe, you know, that type of thing. And also cooling, you know, the radiators, exactly. all that stuff. You know, if there's Steps. a winch there, how's it going to work with yeah. that? You know, stuff like that. All that stuff is really complicated. I mean, it looks simple. Oh, I just bent some pipe and created a bumper, right? Yeah. No, no, that's not the case. Now, if it's an aftermarket thing, that's totally different. You should probably keep that in mind as well. I mean, you can get some gaudy, you know, thousand pound bumper and slam it on the front of your truck and make it remarkably unsafe, or you can verify and make sure that it's actually been safety tested. I highly recommend the latter. Here's another one on the Super Duty. And by the way, Super Duty currently has the seven recalls open. Seven at, open at least, recalls. At least actively tracked here mm-hmm. in, in on their website for NHTSA.gov. And the other one is rear view camera image may not display. That sounds familiar too. Yeah, that's a problem with my Colorado right now. Wow. Are you sure you didn't buy a Ford? Uh, yeah. So this one is affecting 18,513 vehicles. Incorrect rear view camera image can reduce the driver's view of what is behind the vehicle. Right. Yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah. I've noticed it across many vehicles. So there probably is a supplier. I don't know who they are, mm-hmm. but they're probably supplying cameras to multiple manufacturers. Exactly. Right? And that's what we're seeing once again. So it's entirely possible that the same issue you've had is the same issue they're having with the same component just going from you know, a different automaker. That makes total sense. Um, and, and we're not going to read off because there's so many recalls out there. <laughs> we can't read off every single one out there, so I do apologize for that. We only have a, you know, less than an hour. Um, but what we will do is we'll just kind of cover some of them. So there's, and there's complaints and whatnot that are listed on the NHTSA website that may coincide with your complaints, or you could even add to them. Yes. And the reason they put them up there is to make sure that a group of people, perhaps who didn't know about it, can look at this and go, oh, that sounds similar to my issue. And then they can go from there. So let's pick on the, my Chevy Colorado, the new one. <laughs> yes, okay? please. Because I own one. Yeah. Um, currently, so, zero recalls tracked. That makes no sense. But I, I clicked on complaints, uh-huh. right? So this is, it's a two-way street, right? Mm. So an owner can file a complaint, like sure. you said. And then NHTSA or the manufacturer themselves can either address it or answer it. At or, the very least, investigate it. Yeah. Or, or if it warrants a recall, you know, something will happen out yes. of that, right? So I was looking at some complaints filed already under my truck. And one of them caught my eye, just mm. briefly. Ford Collision Avoidance System. 
And this particular uh, incident, uh, this user, it doesn't say the name of the of the person, right? But it says uh, this owner was driving at forty miles an hour, and the front collision avoidance system kicked in for apparently no reason, and started uh, slowing down the truck and slammed on the brakes. You know, so now a lot of vehicles have these systems. Yes, you know, they Tesla do. was known for ghost braking. I've had that happen to me uh, on Tesla, yeah. Uh, yeah, f for many, many times. Mm -hmm. And I've, I actually, I experienced it uh, when we did D2D cross-country electric trip recently. That's right. That's Because right. I was right. in a yeah. Tesla. And I experienced that uh, when we were driving in the highway. Sometimes right. they're affected. These camera systems are affected by shadows. Right, light bridges. Uh, yeah, weird lighting. You know, yeah, stuff like so, that. so uh, different uh, kind of. Uh, things. Um, and I've noticed, I've never experienced this complaint, mm -hmm. but uh, in my opinion, my crash avoidance, forward collision avoidance system is a little bit too sensitive. Mm. You know, it sometimes beeps when I think I still have a lot of space in front of me. Yeah. Or once it was actually starting to break for me when I I was looking forward, I was aware of what was happening and I didn't want it to break, right. but it started breaking. Yeah, uh, I mean, it could probably save my butt one day. Yeah, you know? but it seems like it's a little bit too sensitive. I would agree. Uh, I've seen that in other vehicles. In some cases, it's a little too sensitive, especially stop and go traffic. Sometimes I've noticed that some of these systems will kick in when you're literally stop and go traffic, and you're pulling up on somebody. You're fully aware of the fact that they've already slowed down, and you're slowing down too. But you want to, you know, narrow the gap, and all of a sudden the car stops for you about three feet shorter than you wanted it to, and it's like. Ugh. It's just, it kind of sucks because it does it very differently than a human would in terms of easing into the brake more often than not in traffic. Anyway, that's a different complaint. So let's continue. Yeah. How about we look at a brand that's typically is referred to as one of the most reliable, yes. one of the most durable. I'm talking about Toyota trucks. Yes, absolutely. And so we're talking about the Toyota ton uh, 23 Tundra. Yeah. So I just looked it up. You know, I just went on this website once uh -huh. again, and I put in 2023 Toyota Tundra. And currently, six recalls are being, uh, you know, actively monitored here. Interesting. So, so what are they? Well, so I mean, four, you know, that four truck was seven. This is six. Yeah. So, I mean, things happen to... All kinds of vehicles. Well, especially this is a new truck, too. I mean, essentially, it's really in its first real year, you know, full year, that is. And uh, I would say that, you know, that's one of the things about buying a brand new vehicle. Sometimes you have teething issues. Yes. This one is quite interesting. I'm just picking it out of the blue. Okay. So I'm, I, I, I'm reading incorrect load carrying capacity sticker. Oh. And this is basically the payload sticker. Uh -huh. And it affected 21,781 vehicles, specifically the Tundra and the Tundra hybrid. So this is, this is only for the hybrid and, the, I mean, the Tundra, both, both with the hybrid and the non-hybrid powertrain. Right. And it says here, they determined what the issue was. Uh, the vehicle's equipped with a spray-on bedliner accessory. The load-carrying capacity modification label states the incorrect load-carrying capacity. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So when they added a couple of pounds, I, I, how many pounds would the spray on? Because so they have a um, composite bed. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's a little slippery. So you can order an option. Right. Where they s- it's a little bit grippy, uh, this little grippy. Uh, it's not a standard. No, it's it's like got a like, line X. It's, it's got, not a line X. No, no, no. It's got nodules in it, which yeah. I remember reading about this, which has like a rubber like finish to it, making it a much more. First of all, it's porous, and then secondly, it creates grip, so that way you don't have things flying around the back as if you know they're on ice. I would say though that's a relatively heavy material, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's seven pounds to ten pounds. Okay, so not a humongous deal, but still they caught it. You know, I guess there was a complaint about this. They caught it. They are correcting it, bam. And it's not, I would say, you know, 10 or 20 pounds. It's not going to be a humongous deal. I wouldn't think so either. But but still, they're tracking this. So this is what I'm kind of saying. Sometimes it can be critical, and sometimes it can kind of be This really isn't that big of a deal is sort of our point here. I mean, compared to other vehicles where they will say, do not park in your garage. Your house may burn down. I I kid you not. There's, There's been stuff like that out there. Yes. Well, here's another one on the Tundra. Fuel leak from the damaged fuel tube can cause fire. Whoa. Speaking of fire. So this is uh, from August 2023. 168,179 vehicles were affected. And this is 2022 and 2023 Tundras, hybrids and non-hybrids. So this sounds a little bit more serious. Right. I recall this one specifically because I was talking to someone who was an owner. And now that I remember, basically, I think you take the vehicle in most of them are fine, but they have to inspect them to make sure that the fuel line is not damaged. Yes. And uh, this particular one, it says the plastic fuel tube routed near the metallic brake lines may chafe against the brake line and become damaged, possibly resulting in a fuel leak. So, yeah, and they're addressing it like you said. They're inspecting it, mm-hmm. and if there's an issue, they can correct it. Exactly. Okay, where should we go next? Well, uh, Ram? Uh, yeah, why not? Chevy, GM? Oh, we already did a little bit of GM. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I don't, I, we don't want to bash on any one automaker um, because it's just not fair. Uh, we're trying to be just open about this. But once again, we want, we're giving you examples about what these recalls are about. And in some cases, how they're sort of insignificant, like too much weight in the bed being 10 pounds or whatever. <laughs> or they're significant, like possible fire. So just yeah. trying to get there. Okay, here we go. This is an urgent fire uh, risk when parked. That one's huge. Yeah, so this is a Ram 2500. And I believe, because we own a 2022 Ram 2500, and we were part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is extending to 2023 models as well. Currently, four recalls are being tracked for the Ram Heavy Duty uh, pickup truck. And let's see. For those of you who are listening and not able to see this, this particular recall has led, uh, red lettering with a red box saying urgent recall. So it's definitely, uh, well, it's, it's a red box. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's standing out. It's, it's all and, bold. And it's bold lettering at the top of the yeah, page. exactly. So they don't want you to miss this one Precisely. If, you're, if you're looking. Bingo. Here. Yeah. 
Uh, so uh, this one, just real quickly, summarize what the urgent fire recall is in case they're listening and saying, hey, I got a ram. What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, well, it's been going on for some time. So uh, this is uh, actually related to 2021. It says through 2023. Okay, ram, so that's us too. Yeah, 2,500, and cap chassis as well, equipped with the Cummins 6.7 liter turbo diesel. An electrical short may occur in the heater grid relay relay specifically mm -hmm. not the heater grid itself with the ignition on or off so it's really uh, a parked vehicle that's why it says when parked this issue could occur as well so you walk away from it and it still could be a problem yeah so mm -hmm. they're recommending not parking indoors or in the garage see what i right? mean yep yeah so, exactly so yeah so that's significant <laughs> it's huge um and we actually took our truck into the dealership and had it uh this problem addressed, and also there was a problem with a dipstick on the transmission oh, uh, yeah, yeah. fluid. Mm -hmm. So so we're taking care of these things. Yes. Uh, and, and the good news is I think it was not even a day that it was in the service, right? I think we picked it up in the afternoon. Yeah, probably just over one day. It wasn't yes. over one day? Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, but in some cases, they're super quick checks, and in well, other cases, they're not. Yeah, it depends and a on the vehicle. Of, a lot of dealership actually... Because a work, a heavy duty truck could be a business truck, mm -hmm. could be a work vehicle. Exactly. And if you're a contractor and you're without a vehicle, you're losing business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there are different dealerships sometimes, like there's a commercial center versus like consumer right. uh, areas. So sometimes if you go to the commercial dealerships, they can address your problem faster. Hopefully you can... Sometimes you need you schedule an appointment, sometimes not, whatever. But I, I do recommend, by the way, scheduling, because I've, I've dealt with recalls as well, scheduling an appointment. I mean, you could bring it right in and try, they'll try to sneak it in, but usually calling them at the very least, and I recommend calling because sometimes the online stuff doesn't really work very well. I've had that too. Calling the dealership that you want to take it to, making sure that they're able to take the vehicle and then you know letting them know that this is for the recall that will expedite uh, your vehicle being checked. So I do recommend doing that. Yeah. Oh, here we go, Tacoma. Tacoma is the most popular mid-size pickup. And it's in, only two recalls. I, mean, I know that sounds weird only, but <laughs> that, that's still better than six or seven. Or seven, yeah. So right now on the 2023 Tacoma, two recalls are being tracked. And one of them sounds quite significant. Okay. Uh, this one says, driver's airbag may not deploy. <laughs> uh, 152,927 vehicles affected, and not just the Tacoma, but several other Lexus and Toyota vehicles are included in this particular recall. So it's not just affecting the Tacoma. Right. And it says, an electrical connection inside the steering column spiral cable assembly may be insufficiently welded, causing the connection to separate. It sounds like a supplier issue. You know, if wiring harnesses mm -hmm. are supplied and et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. It could be. Or because so, I, I, I know I'm, I don't think anymore uh, at uh, certain assembly plants, I don't think they solder smaller components right there on the car anymore. That stuff right. that was in the 70s and, you know, going back to the, you know, 50s. A lot, you know, a lot of parts arrive just in time, you like, know, to build a vehicle. Exactly, and they're usually yeah. in modules or something like that, so they all go in in a modular sense. So regardless of how it was prepared, there is an issue, especially, I mean, no matter how tough the little truck is, it really helps to have an airbag. So we're actually doing a um, cheap Toyota video series mm -hmm. on TFL trucks, so stay tuned. Uh, we're working very hard to edit Episodes. I think by the time they hear this and see this, I think we might, the first we episode. Might, yeah, we we would like to launch the first episode of the series as 
This week. Basically, this, yeah, when this podcast episode airs. So, roughly around this time, yeah. look for it. And it's going to be where? TFL Truck. Oh, also, alltfl.com. Alltfl.com. Yes, because we do have eight channels, <laughs> and you want one place to. Eight channels, four websites, three podcasts, <laughs> 11 people working here. So, yeah, it's an awful lot to juggle for a small company. So, go to alltfl.com, and you can find everything that's in our little. Uh, Outlet. Yes. That's us. Totally. Okay, let's continue. Uh, and uh, where was I going with this? Well, where I was going with this is that we bought three older Toyotas. Ah, yes. And we want to see how reliable they are. Mm-hmm. So we're listening to your comments because you want you like seeing those cheaper vehicles, older vehicles, vehicles with lots of miles, which we, we bought. Yes. And sort three of. of them. And we're comparing them. Yes. I, I can't... I, I don't want to announce a lot I'm more. I'm not going to say anything, but I just... There's a smile on my face because somebody at TFL made a few mistakes in purchasing, <laughs> and it's probably not Andre or Tommy. Anyway, so who I've you made plenty to? of mistakes. You trust me. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't. Okay, so anyway, worth seeing. I, we just gave you a little hint there, but um, it's interesting. The vehicles that we got. Many times you guys have asked us to do specials with them. And by the way, I love the cheap series. That's what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. And we want to keep these going. Please let us know in the comments here or the comments on those video. I think that's a four-part or five-part video series. Let us know in the comments on that series what you guys think. And perhaps if you have an idea of other video series to do. Yeah, we'll listen to your comments. Um, this was I, based on a comment, this, this series. Exactly. And yeah. I've also read your comments about how old new pickup trucks are expensive. Yes. We, we know this. Uh, we have to cover the news, right? When the news comes out about the latest AEV edition truck, right. we have to cover it and bring it to you. But we are aware that those are very expensive vehicles. You may notice that Andre and I own the lesser expensive versions of the yes. little baby trucks that we bought. And we bring you that news as well. Exactly. And there's a very good reason for that. A, we're not rich. B, it's very expensive to buy a new pickup truck today. So we totally get it. But we also have to base a lot of what we show you guys on the manufacturers who give us these vehicles. And usually they don't want to give us the base model. Sometimes they do, but I'd say 90% of the time they don't. And we're stuck with, you know, these remarkably expensive, luxurious versions of those vehicles. As such, I know it's frustrating because you guys really want to see the one that you're interested in, which might be like with a Ford and XLT or something like that. We're trying. Uh, it's just the automakers are make it kind of difficult to get those. Yep. Okay. So let's move on a little bit. Uh, Nissan. How about Nissan? Nissan, right. They have so many trucks to choose from, but we're only going to talk about two. <laughs> See what I did? Well, yeah. Uh, how about Frontier at first? Yeah. So one recall is currently being tracked so for Ni- Nissan Frontier. Uh, and also, I think it applies to King Cab and also Crew Cab. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is a kind of insignificant. 4,249 vehicles, and it's a tire-related issue. Uh, tire may have a tear in the inner bead. Hmm. So whoever, that particular batch of tires, there was some fault in the tire. I wonder if it's on a certain trim where they like the lesser or even the better tire. You know, for instance, the Pro 4X has the better, beefier tire, whereas yeah, in other ones... Say. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't say. But you, if so, you put your VIN in when yeah. you go to NHTSA, if you own one of those 4,000 trucks, then uh, it'll tell you what the recall's all about, and you can bring it in, and they can take care of it. Yeah, or you can just you know look underneath your truck, inspect the bead, 
and then tell the dealer about it, it. It's the inner bead. I wonder if that's how easy that is to see. Uh, yeah, it's probably not the easiest. I think thing. I think I would take it to the dealer if your yeah. VIN matches. Yeah, just go. So once again, I mean, could be a huge problem if your tire fa fails when you're driving, uh -huh. but not a lot of vehicles are affected, and so you can address it quickly. Bam, and you can go there. How about another manufacturer like Honda? Honda is an interesting one. Now, what do they have that's truckish? Well, they only have one thing, and that's the Ridgeline. Yep. Um, and the Ridgeline so far has had a pretty good run, not a whole lot of issues, but there is one recall. Currently, 2023, Ridgeline is tracking one recall, and actually more vehicles than just the Ridgeline are affected in this particular one. I'm not one. surprised. Uh, the Civic, the Ridgeline, the really? Passport, the Pilot, and the Acura MDX are all included in this one. Interesting. Okay. Uh, 124,077 vehicles are affected. The tie rod fastener that connects the brake booster to the brake master cylinder may have been improperly assembled during manufacturing, which can cause a brake master cylinder to separate from the booster. So this is a braking issue. That, that could be a real issue. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yes. Uh, but see, so how do they know this? And this is when my conversation with Dave comes into play. Because right. if a robot assembled this at the factory, they know all the torque numbers, right? Mm -hmm. So so they can identify those vehicles and kind of narrow it down very quickly. Which is awesome. That's better for the consumer and that's better for the automaker. Yep. So... Let's do maybe one more. Okay. Because I wanted to look at the little guys as well. Like the a little compact pickups. Hyundai or... Uh, yeah, both. Or for well, the Well, I think we talked about your recall a Yeah, we've times. talked to it ad nauseum. Um, and it's, yeah, I know. It's fire, that's the fire risk part. That's the, the wiring harness, right? For the tow hitch. Yeah. So there is, it, there is an urgent one, which is why I took it in. Um, and essentially the wiring harness for the tow hitch... Um, only on certain vehicles, uh, there's two different wiring harnesses that they actually have available. So it's the four pin, I believe, not the seven pin, but regardless, you check it out to make sure. Um, it, they, it's a potential for fire. There have been no reports of a fire, by the way. I investigated this, but it can spark. So in other words, the wiring harness has an issue. Now, they do one of several things I found out, Andre. They will, first you bring the vehicle in, they inspect it, of course. They will either remove the wiring harness, which they removed part of mine, essentially, basically unplugged it. Uh, they can also pull the fuse, I've heard. And in some cases, they just leave the thing alone. That's what I've been told, at least from people who are on the Santa Cruz forum. Mm -hmm. um, regardless, the best thing you can do is double check. This is one that I found out by going onto the website for Hyundai, and I went onto the recall section. I put in my VIN, I took care of it very quickly. But I recommend that you do that and you do it as soon as possible because it doesn't just affect Hyundais. Uh, it also, I believe, affects Kias, but it's all, it's more than one Hyundai. It's, uh, yeah. I think, the Santa Fe, the Tucson. So anyway, look it up and make sure that your vehicle is you know doesn't have this recall. And uh, the only issue, of course, is in my case, they haven't fixed it. They just basically unplugged it. So I'm still waiting. It's been so nearly a year. It's probably a shortage of that part. Yeah, it is right? a shortage of the part, I'm guessing. But they haven't said directly. And I really wish that companies would be a little bit more transparent about this. But... And one final thing, just real quick. Uh -huh. Many of you have said, well, why don't you just replace it with, you know, a Curtis or whatever, you know, thing. The whole point of me buying this vehicle is that I can own it like a regular consumer as such. All the components that are being fixed by the automaker, I want to report to you guys in real time. I don't want to just fix these things on my own, which I clearly could. Um, in this 
particular case, I want to see how long it takes Hyundai to replace this part, and then I'll report it to you. So that's why I haven't done anything. Okay, let's continue, shall we? Yep, yep. And I think these parts shortages um, are affecting a lot of us. I right? would agree. Even my reverse camera in my pickup in my Colorado. Has right? that been fixed yet? No. My God. Yeah. You have to it's, use your mirrors? God. Barbarism. Yes, yes I, I have to look, turn my head. I have to turn my head and look backwards. And you have to use those things on the sides and yes. everything else? Oh, no. Yeah, so... I'm being a little facetious, but it still sucks that he doesn't have it because it is a requirement now to have a backup camera in every car built in the United States yes. or sold in the United States. Thankfully, I'm not driving it a lot right now because we do have some loan vehicles. <laughs> but you've been giving it to the boys to take off-road. Oh, yeah, I did do <laughs> that. Was, that was awesome. Andre is the um, absolute poster child of uh, patience and understanding. <laughs> He lent his Colorado to Alex and Case. Now, Alex and Case are wonderful guys. We adore them. However, these are the guys who go bouncing off the sides of mountains. These are the guys who... Well, they rock climb they and rock paraclide. Climb and, yeah, and, and glide through the air and <laughs> blow things up, and they, they have a lot of fun doing it. Alex especially is, is kind of a violent man. So... They took it up the mountain against a Rivian. Yes. And so Andre said, yeah, go ahead. I take my truck up a mountain and bounce over sharp rocks and we'll see what happens. And that video is on altfl.com. You can check it out. <laughs> I do recommend it. It's pretty yeah. damn funny. Though. And uh, But the genesis of that idea came that, you know, the Rivian R1T is just a little bit bigger than a midsizer. It is, yeah. Right? And it has a lot of off-road uh, Capability. It's got all-terrain tires. Mm -hmm. It's got excellent you know, ground clearance for electric motors. We wanted to see how it behaves mm -hmm. compared to another. I'm using quotes. Mid-sized truck. Yeah, which is mine. And the video actually is quite revealing, and um, both good and bad. And so I do recommend watching it, and also the proper use of a G80. You'll see that in this video. Um, now we're going to go into the Ford Maverick. And the Ford Maverick, it's interesting. It's only showing two recalls. However, there have been some major issues with the manufacturing of the truck. Uh, orders are closed, essentially. I don't think you can even order one right now, not a new one. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of demand for this. Huge because backup. it's. I mean, it's a... It's a pretty cool vehicle. I mean, it's a tiny pickup. It doesn't mm -hmm. tow a lot, but nope. you could still carry a lot of stuff in it. And it's efficient. It is. Very efficient. You and I declared early on when we heard about this vehicle and when Tommy first looked at it, that it would sell like hotcakes and we were not wrong. It is, it's trouncing the uh, Ford Ranger right now. And yeah, and many other vehicles. I mean, it sells more other. than the Ridgeline. It yep. sells more, I think, than GMC Canyon or the Chevy Colorado. Right. It sells a lot of vehicles. It's proof that people want an affordable, small pickup that's not necessarily one built to haul 10,000 pounds or whatever. So definitely a positive there. And that same goes for the Santa Cruz, although I think the Maverick is a little bit more truck-like, honestly. But the Maverick does have some recalls. This one is really odd. I'm reading the summary and description of it, and my head is, I don't know, it's, let, let me, yes, it's please pretty simple. Elaborate. In the event of an engine failure, engine oil and fuel vapor may be released into the engine compartment and accumulate near the ignition sources, such as a hot engine or exhaust component, possibly resulting in a fire. Wait a minute. But it's not a fire warning. No, it's not a critical label. No. And also it says in an event of an engine failure. Wait a minute. But it doesn't explain the failure. It mm. just says in the case of one. 
So I uh, understand. Uh, I know the case of one. What? What? There's a guy online uh, on YouTube. I forgot his name, and I apologize in case he's listening. Uh, he is. He goes to a whole bunch of uh, Native American events and all that, and he had his Maverick going long distance, like a couple thousand miles, and the transmission completely ate itself, and the engine responded by dying. And it didn't want to run because it was it's a smart, you know, setup between the two. And the engine's like, I don't want to go if this transmission's not working. Yeah. And that is essentially boiled down to what had happened. As such, that might have something to do with this. Yeah, and I think a little bit more investigation is warranted. Here Absolutely. Because, because it doesn't quite explain. I mean, it says 125,322 vehicles could be affected, including the Lincoln Corsair. Um, and the Ford Escape, so not just the Maverick. No. So this could affect multiple vehicles. By the way, the Escape and the Maverick are related. Obviously. Yeah, but you don't see the Bronco Sport and the Corsair. Here. No, the Bronco that's Sport odd. is related. So, that's so odd. It, there's there's something about the setup, obviously, that needs to be. Uh, look, there's uh, over a hundred thousand of you out there who have this vehicle. So please check it out. Contact Ford. Take your vehicle in. Hopefully, whatever this is, they're being really vague. Uh, whatever this is will be addressed. And so you don't have to worry about an engine fire. Yeah. So how about we finish this episode with some news, you know, a little bit of news. Absolutely. Yeah. So so recently, well, SEMA is just around the corner, mm-hmm. right? And Ram is doing something. I'm really glad so that Ram truck is, um, is going to have something at SEMA. What is this about? So Ram has shown a couple, what I like to call teaser images, of a heavy-duty Ram that they are building up for SEMA. So it's a basically a build sponsored So like a concept, Ram. yeah. Yeah, it's a concept. Now, uh, I wrote the article for tfltruck.com, so you can check it out there. But basically, everything I have in there is, uh, I'm just summarizing of what it might be. It's a guess. but We don't you, know a lot about this, no. but I will be at SEMA. So you'll be at SEMA with our uh, man Cole, yeah. Big Bad Cole, and you guys are going to cover it head to toe, uh, which means I'll also be looking at this truck, which looks really cool from the images we can see. Uh, I'm guesstimating that it is a Ram uh, HD Rebel and that they've taken that and they've just beefed it up and put on some extra cool things. Now, by the way, the cool part about that is that it's kind of similar to what we did with our Ram 2500 when we did our Trailhound um, series. So I, I think it's kind of cool, which is, by the way, why in the article there's Trailhound stuff mentioned. Yeah, and we still have the Ram 2500 comments that, that we mentioned. At the top I think the it's truck. one of our best builds. And when I mean build, I don't mean like we were wrenching on it too much. <laughs> Most of the other people were wrenching on it. But yeah. it's still, in terms of a concept, coming from a regular kind of a city work truck, it is now a proper off-road work truck. And I really like what we did with it. I think yeah, it looks amazing, And we have too. lots of miles on it, like yes. 21,000 or 22,000 miles. And we've used it to tow cross country several times. And we put a, so, a camper on it, and we've you camped in the, in the most dangerous, uh, loneliest highway in the El world, El Camino del Diablo. Del Diablo. So it's it's been around, and it's just I think it's a freaking awesome truck. It's one of our best. Yep. Oh, there you go. Look at that. That looks there's, familiar. Well, there's a Buhanka and our Trailhound together. Yeah, yeah. And there's the, Andre. And poor Alex is no, that's not Alex. Is that oh, that's David? David. David's covered by the play uh, icon. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I didn't notice that before. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> well, the Buhank is my van, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, it's, that's, it's... this was a few months ago. Yeah. But uh, SEMA nonetheless is coming, and I know several manufacturers are going to be participating because some pulled out, right? Yes, yeah, some uh, have, but some year. have returned. Yes. 
So uh, we, we know that Toyota is going to be there. Mm -hmm. We know that GM is going to be there. Honda is going to be there. They're coming uh, back. Oh, really? Yes, yes. I talked okay. to them directly. And then, of course, Stellantis Ram. Um, and they usually have some Jeeps as well. Yep. And maybe even Dodge vehicles. They're coming back as well. That is correct. I mean, they haven't left yet. They are, not only that, but they last year they had one of the largest displays out there for both Ram and... how loud it was It there? was incredibly loud. And they had Vin Diesel's voice constantly, like, you know... <laughs> we are family. We are family, and it's a quarter mile at a time, blah, blah, blah. Um, but all of that was in this very large space, like in the middle of one of the pavilions. Uh, I do recommend if you do go to SEMA to put on some very good walking shoes and drink a lot of water, especially if you're going to party at Vegas before you go. Not so, that I'm talking about experience, by the way. Right. So it's an industry show. So most of that week, SEMA week, mm -hmm. is actually for industry people like suppliers, journalists, yeah, but how many uh, dealerships, some, representatives, yeah. celebrities. <laughs> There's a million people that manage to get over to this show. In some cases, just knowing somebody who owns a freaking gas station will get you in. I kid you not. <laughs> uh, but, in, but, but they do have uh, days where you can actually buy tickets if you're not in the industry, and still get in and see a lot of the stuff, too. And I do recommend that, too. It's There's just a lot to see. So I think that's on the, either the last or the second to the last day of the event. And I think it goes from October 31st to November 4th. Yep. And there is, like, a public day. And also, of course, there's a parade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there, where the vehicles are actually driven. Yeah. Well, Wh many which, of the vehicles. Whichever ones can drive. <laughs> Because some concepts honestly may not the, be able to, yeah, drive. some of them like really cannot be driven. So there's recent news about electrified pickups. Mm -hmm. So we've done a Silverado, Silverado EV versus Lightning F-150 Lightning EV recently. We also tested the Rivian, as we said. Mm -hmm. um, but for example, here's a couple of news stories: Ford cuts F-150 Lightning shift and lays off 700 people amid sluggish sales, and also UAW. Uh, memo, mm -hmm. which is related to the strike. Right. So, and also, so this was a couple days ago, and then just yesterday afternoon, Chevrolet announced that they are delaying the expansion. So they have several factories, of course, in mm -hmm. Michigan. One of them is the Factory Zero in Hamtramck, mm -hmm. Michigan. And then another one is a Orion assembly, yeah. just a little bit north of it. Mm -hmm. And they were going to retool the Orion plan to build Silverado EV trucks. Uh -huh. And now they're saying, we're going to wait a year, another year. Yeah. Um, so they're delaying that factory uh, retooling. Now, straight off the bat, some uh, outlets have said, oh, well, it's all because of demand. Nobody wants these trucks, blah, blah, blah. Others have said it's because of the high pricing and that goes directly to demand. Yeah. And, and yet other people have actually looked at it in a more holistic way of saying, yes, part of it is demand for sure. So that has dropped and some of that can deal with the heavy pricing. In addition, there are also supply issues. So all of that, and of course the strikes. And the strike, yeah. Right, so all of that plays into it. So keep all of that in mind. And there may be some good news to that too. If they're slowing down some of this manufacturing, that means that certain dealership lots that are holding on to some of these vehicles may want to get rid of them. So look yeah. into possible, I don't know, you might be able to uh, bargain a little bit. Yeah, and also at Factory Zero for GM, they're actually uh, planning to expand, uh, adding a second shift at that factory. So it's not, you know, it's easy to report news one-sidedly, mm -hmm. right? But like you said, you have to look at it holistically and GM says, yes, we're, we're gonna idle one plan for a little while, but we're actually, since we're already building stuff here, right. we are gonna add more people. Add here. a second shift. So 
Yeah, you have to look at the, all the elements of this. There's an additional part to that with General Motors, and there's a huge rumor about them building a smaller, more affordable electric pickup, and that will be delayed. That comes from a different news source, not from us, but that was out, that's floating around in the ether, and it's easy to find on the internet. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, I highly recommend. But keep in mind that this is going you know across the board. So I think that perhaps they automakers might get the memo that selling a truck with a starting price of over $70,000 to people who have to buy a truck, that might be a little much. Yeah. And of course, the other piece of news is that this was several months ago that GM is investing in new V8 engine mm -hmm. yep. uh, technologies and production. So they're not walking away from their combustion engines no. anytime soon. In fact, they're, the new you will love this truck when it arrives. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they'll send it to us. But the new Sierra 1500 AV edition, 84X, is now standard. The standard engine is a three liter turbo diesel. Oh. You, you know, it, all, it usually I came with a 6.2. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the 6.2, the thing is, is that that 6.2 range wasn't amazing. And also it was so damn expensive to fill that damn thing up. Yeah. So now it has a much more efficient and longer range engine. Yeah. Good torque. Uh, and I tested it. I cannot tell you about it just this minute, uh, about fuel efficiency that I got in the real world. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, you will love this truck. And it's a little bit cheaper. And you can still get the V8 if you do want it. So it's not like they're getting rid of the V8. Oh, don't tempt me. I What? Well, just the other day I tried, you know, I put a heavy load in my poor little pickup and it did it. But then I was like, uh, if I had to tow something, I'd be dead. And so I started thinking about large pickups again. Damn. Oh, I well, you I, could borrow my Colorado, but it, it has the same payload. Yeah, I know. You, our, <laughs> our payloads are the same. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, that 84X, stay tuned for that. When, when does that video hit, you think? Uh, next week. So in just a few days from this episode. From this episode yeah. that you're hearing and seeing, it's just a few days. So we've done a video about this also, but RAM TRX prototypes are running around. Mm -hmm. And also, not just TRX, but all kinds of ver all versions of the RAM 1500 prototypes are running around. And there's a very simple reason, I think. Uh, I think it's imminent. I think we will see them very, very soon within the next few weeks. Right. And uh, we think it has to do with a new powertrain. Yep. And but then well they're covering the the grills so yeah. I'm I'm assuming they're going to redesign the headlights. Well, not only that, but we also have footage of the Ram TRX taking off from a videographer who was chasing them, and it was clearly not a V8. It sounded an awful lot like a turbocharged six-cylinder engine. Um, you know, I, it yeah. dawned on me yeah. that okay, if they it sounded a little bit like the Ford, um, you know, the regular the EcoBoost, EcoBoost the Raptor, right? yeah, right? yeah. But it's a straight six, right? And it's turbocharged, yes. right? Yeah. Why can't it sound like a cool BMW straight six? Those things I, sound awesome. Yeah. And you know what? Years ago, I was fortunate enough to drive a new Mercedes V8 turbo. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. They say when you put a turbocharger, especially two turbochargers, so you have a either V6 or in the case of Ram, it's a straight six with right. two turbos. Yep. You're basically blending the sound that comes out of the engine yeah, because sure. the, little, the little turbine is there, mm -hmm. right? But somehow the Germans, Mercedes, BMW, others, Audi. they also have turbocharged engines, but they're making them sound amazing. Well, look at the Italians, what they can do with a V6. They oh. still make them sound amazing. Maybe they're not the most reliable ones out there, but they still <laughs> sound really good. So, I, I, you know, it's just one of those things. Do they have a patent on that noise? 
technology? Uh, no, but apparently Ford had to create a, like a bu bugle in the exhaust system they basically did. to shoot a out trombone. better. Yeah, a trombone in order to make the sound a little bit more palatable. So, and uh, by the way, I agree with you guys. The V8 sounds amazing. However, the idea of a six-cylinder diesel, uh, especially one in a half-ton truck, is very appealing to me because I'm a huge fan of that powertrain. Yep. And, of course, we'll know more about the Ram shortly. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, about it. Yeah, so that's going to be exciting. And, of course, the Tacoma is just around the corner. Uh, the new it's one. really the, soon. The, the new generation right. of the Tacoma. Uh, and then w we are working on purchasing one yes. for our fleet. Thank God. So, and I'm working super hard on this. So, so we should have one soon. Yeah. And now I know you guys have asked for various other vehicles to be purchased that we do for a long period of time, especially if you own them or you're thinking about owning them. But understand that um, in order for us to buy certain vehicles, we have to sell certain vehicles or trade them and whatnot. And it's an awful lot of work. And unfortunately, we just don't have the facilities or the capability to have five or six brand new trucks that we're testing for a year, one or two if we're lucky. And that's, I think right now, technically we're at three. Aren't we at three brand new? If we're not counting yours and mine, right, right, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, it's 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 well, a stretch. We are rotating it, and we cannot forget about cars, you know, right. because our overall studio budget, you know, Roman, Tommy, and Alex, and uh, Case, and the rest of us, mm -hmm. um, we're also purchasing cars at the same time. Yeah, so we're also so, buying those, and yeah. also we're doing like the cheap truck thing yeah. that you're about to see. So, yeah, uh, just keep that in mind. We really would like to. I would love to have that ability. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing if we could basically buy every new truck that's out there and test them for a year? Well, yeah, our budget is not, no, not nearly close, there. Not uh, we're not Consumer Reports. No, uh, no, we're not. And in addition, um, we still have the ability to get a variety of vehicles. And in some cases, we even have viewers and readers like you guys who will let us borrow your truck in order to do certain videos, yeah. which is great. And, for example, recently F-150 Lightning mm -hmm. came from a viewer, uh, Toby. Uh, a local, you know, just... He a local not... Australian. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With a cool name, Toby Dallas. That's got to be made up. He made that when I, he moved here. I saw his email address. It said Toby Dallas. His name is Bruce something or other. <laughs> Aren't they all Bruce? That's what I... Okay. Thank you, Toby. I'm just joking. Okay. Okay. So we should well, probably wrap this up. Yeah. So hopefully this overview of recalls helps. I know we're... I think you heard a little bit of frustration in our voices when we were talking about our trucks. Uh -huh. I'm sure you're also frustrated by this. We'd like to know about it, by the way, in the comments. Yeah, please let us know. And please keep uh, emailing us as well and talking to us on patreon.com slash TFLcar because this whole episode was kind of pushed along by one of your emails. Yeah, which reminds me, if you guys do participate with our Patreon, then we will directly take your information and put it right out there for everybody else to hear, you will be in the front of the line. And also, I will respond to you directly. You know, yeah, on, on a that. direct response. Hell, his wife doesn't even get a, a direct response half the don't. time. Yeah, let's not she mention that. Listen that's... Mine doesn't either. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. Be safe out there. We'll see you next week. Thank you.